0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, if you are a fan of horse racing or know anything about horse racing, you likely know the name Tommy Wolski. He passed away on Monday following a massive heart attack and the tributes have been pouring in, people sharing memories and talking about a man who, according to anyone you talk to, will Say he did not have a mean bone in his body. Well, Squire Barnes is the global BC sports director, and he joins me now to talk a little bit more about this. Squire, thanks so much. No problem. What are your memories or what comes to your mind when you hear the words Tommy Wolski?
1: Well, having been around the racetrack for a long time, I go back to when Tommy was actually a jockey and not a personality, which is what he became after a while. Um, but I got to know him when I started in the media in the late 80s. That's when I first started talking to Tommy Walski. He had basically stopped riding. He rode a little bit in the 90s, but not really all that much. But he was, as I said the other day, someone who I don't ever recall seeing even in the slightest of poor moods. The <laughs> guy always seemed to be in a happy mood. He loved being around the racetrack. And the other thing about Tommy was, and this is not... I'm not being facetious here. He was like a character in a Damon Runyon novel. He had the great Boston accent. He had only 25 letters in his alphabet. He never used R. And um, he seemed to know everybody in the town. And I don't just mean the people at the racetrack. He was friends with Wally Opal. He was friends with Bruce Allen. He was friends with Jim Burns. It seemed like Tommy was friends with everybody on the planet.
0: And even yeah, some of the photos that have surfaced and are out there show that exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he did. He you know, he, he made himself into basically a media personality. He had his own television show locally about the racetrack, and he was always promoting at first Exhibition Park, and then it changed its name to Hastings Park. Always was promoting. But he always seemed to, when I would talk to him at the track, he always (laughs) seemed to be going like, oh, tonight I'm having dinner with so-and-so, and this morning I had breakfast with this guy. I always thought, like, Tommy was sort of the ultimate insider. Everybody knew him. He knew everybody. He knew everything. And yet, in many ways, he was sort of a man of mystery, Nobody really knew much about his family. I mean, some people did, but most of us didn't. Uh, Nobody really knew his age. Yeah. We kind of think he was in his late 70s, but you never quite knew what it was. But Tommy never seemed to age anyways. He always (laughs) looked the same.
0: Yeah, very private because a few details, and uh, fine also if they stay private, if that's the way he wanted it, but very private about his personal life, uh, his wife, his age, as you said, uh, which is such a, a flip of his his. Pri- uh, professional life, where he had a, a column and was very very voracious.
1: Yeah, he was. You know, he was someone who never was short on saying something. And and you know, if you needed to talk to him about horse racing, he'd be there in a moment's notice. But you know, I, I read some of the stuff today. Like his wife was a Playboy model, which I didn't even know that. And I'm I'm you know I guess. I guess that's right. I don't know, mm-hmm. but as I said, with, with with Tommy, it was always there was always a mystery about Tommy. But you know, it's funny; no one seemed to care. It was just the fact that he was who he was, and he was a character. And the racetrack basically won't be the same without him around. The racetrack, every racetrack around North America or the world, is always chock full of characters that seem to come out of books but Tommy was the one that you remembered the most from Hastings Park. He just seemed to be everywhere, and he was always, as I said before, he always was in a good mood, and he was always very friendly, and he always knew everybody.
0: Which, I mean, nobody's in a good mood all the time, and not that it was an act, but he obviously, he must have put it on for people in that any downtime or anything must have been a private time.
1: Well, I think so. Uh, You know, I mean, yeah, you're right. Not everybody is permanently happy, unless you're like a amusement park character or something like that <laughs> and that's your job but even mickey mouse probably frowns once in a while right but but uh you know, tommy i i think there was a public persona and when he was out in front of people he he played maybe an alternative tommy walski and and that was what he presented to everybody and and um as i said if you knew tommy I, he almost didn't really care what was going on behind his door at home it was just that it was nice to see this guy there because he was part of the place and he was he was you know if you had lost 50 bucks on the last race and were upset about it if you ran into Tommy you soon forgot that you just lost 50 bucks <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best way if yeah. i lost a race i'm gonna seek out tommy because i'm gonna feel better about myself
0: oh that's a, a great way of putting it uh, for sure I, and uh, i mean was he a, a, a mainstay there as far as if you went to the track were you guaranteed or almost guaranteed to see him
1: pretty much i mean he would either be on the backstretch he used to do a show called the Sport of Kings, and he did it for years. So he was always running around with a camera and a microphone and, and interviewing people. As a kid, I remember a friend of mine's father owned horses, so we would go down to the racetrack. And in the backstretch, right near the, um, the racing office, there were three or four parking spots. I guess they were the prime parking spots. And I always noticed there was a big Lincoln Continental, Something like that. One of those big cars you would you would see. People used to drive with the power steering. And there was always one there with a California license plate that said Walski on it. And he always had the prime parking spot. And he wasn't like the leading jockey or anything. But I always thought, wow, how did this guy get this parking spot? And he has this really fancy car. And he has, you know, back then, vanity license plate from California. That was pretty chic. That was Tommy Walski. And when I think about it now, it's like, you know, Tommy was that kind of guy and he wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be on the stage. He wanted to be the guy that you knew. So if you want to be that guy, you might as well park your fancy car with your vanity license plate in the best parking spot so everybody can see.
0: Absolutely. Uh, so was, if
1: you didn't see him, Jill, you saw his car. <laughs>
0: you knew the car was there. Maybe he just never moved it. It just stayed there all the time.
1: <laughs> it was uh, a great parking space.
0: <laughs> um, he was born in Boston. I think that when you mentioned he didn't have an R, it was a Haas talk uh, column. Yep. Uh, he did some acting. I think there's a photo of him with John Candy that has surfaced. It just sounds like this yep. guy was everywhere.
1: He was everywhere. And as I said, he had this, I don't know what you would call it, but if you if you talk to some of the The well-known people in town, like you know Wally Opal, who seems to be everywhere, like Tommy was, Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce Allen, um, Jim Burns. These three guys I know for sure, and there were others. Um, They would they would have these little powwows once in a while, and Tommy would often talk about these breakfasts he would have with all of these guys. So he did seem to to run in circles that were outside of the racetrack, and. Again, he was, he was a character in this town that everybody knew. When we started finding out yesterday that he had unfortunately passed away down in Florida, the, the phone calls that went back and forth between people was a real cross-section of Vancouver. It wasn't just people whose life is at the racetrack. It was people who may hardly have ever gone to the racetrack, but they knew Tommy and they knew him well enough that they had had dinner with him or they had been friends with him or they had had breakfast with him. Tommy had put himself into Vancouver society, if you like, or a part of Vancouver society, despite the fact he came from a rather humble place, the racetrack. And um, this is not a knock on Tommy. He wasn't a top jockey, but he loved the sport, and he, was, he rode for years, I don't know how many years. But again, he somehow, because of his personality, met people outside of the racetrack industry and that's why there's such an outpouring today after the news has come out that he's passed away
0: all right i'm sure more and more tributes will be coming out squire thank you so much thank you squire barnes global bc new uh, sports director